We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Trevor Lane here. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Lots of stuff going on around the league for us to dive into. Trade talks really starting to heat up as we inch closer and closer to the NBA draft. We'll also talk a little bit of NBA finals. As with me, as always, is Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA over on Twitter. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, You're right, man. Every day now, there's like five, six new rumors. That just means we're getting closer. And, you know, the draft is a, you know, what are we, nine days out from the draft now? So we're there with, with that, which means we're less than two weeks from free, or I guess a little over two weeks, uh, 16 days from free agency opening up on uh, 6 p.m. on the 30th of June. So it's, it's all plugging along, and we still have at least one more game of the NBA Finals left, too. So we got quite, quite a bit uh, uh, going on here around the league. But this is uh, the busiest, most compact time of the year. I was talking to a, uh, someone um, in the league uh, just yesterday, and they were like, it's just madness like with all this stuff. And they, they, they're not in the finals this year, but their team was in the finals, uh, let's just say recently. Uh, in the last few years and they were like it's this is crazy because it just everything's happening all at once and you've got people all over the place and you're trying to coordinate a million different things and make sure you're done by you know nine o'clock eastern to be able to watch games and all that stuff so it's a it's a wild time right now sleepless nights that's for sure that's for sure when uh when you're in that situation um let's talk a little bit about about game five of the finals uh the warriors get the win game in the third quarter it looked like the celtics were going to just take over then the warriors counterpunched and were able to, to ultimately get the win I, i've seen you on twitter quite a bit trying to be the voice of reason amongst Cel- celtics twitter out there trying to tell everybody that it's not over because there is a lot of doom and gloom going on but the Celtics have already been in this position in this playoffs where they've needed to win two games and they managed to accomplish it. So how are how are you looking at things right now and how do you feel moving forward here? Yeah, I, by no means do I think, you know, they're the lock to win the title or sure. anything like that, but they're going back home for game six. So, sorry, the dog is, uh, he's, he's got the sneezes right now. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with him? So, um, but yeah, I, I think they've got to, 
pretty good chance to force a game seven they're at home so you know you, if you do what you're supposed to do at home and win the home game they should be okay but i, I think uh you know I, I think they've they've got a you know pretty good shot here of you know getting that done and then game sevens are weird stuff just happens yeah. in game seven so we'll we'll see you know how that all comes together here uh in the next day or so but They've got to clean up the self-inflicted stuff, the missed free throws, the the turnovers. turnovers. All those things are just, you know, and some of these turnovers, it's like you can see them. They're, they're like dribbling directly into the Warriors and throwing it to them and almost handing it to them. So it, it is a major uh, problem for them right now. I think what I see, and I always think this is just a mistake if we look at things this way, but I see a lot of the Warriors won and Curry was 0 for 9 from 3. This is done. Right, I see a lot of that out there. But we also saw a few games ago, the Warriors lost and Curry and Clay both played well. They got the game they needed out of Curry and Clay, and they still managed to lose. This thing's done. That's not really the way basketball works because a lot of times one guy has a, a poor shooting night, another guy increases their, their shooting performance. You see, like if Curry misses a three, the net result of that possession doesn't have to be a negative. Sometimes you come up yeah. with the offensive rebound, you score off of that. And so we see these stats and we just go, oh my gosh, well, Curry, you know, if he's 0 for 9 from 3, he's normally going to be 4 for 9. So that's 12 more points. Just add 12 more points onto the Warriors' stats <laughs> next time. And that's what's going to happen. That's not really the way basketball works. So yeah. I don't think that Curry's shooting is any indication that the series is over or anything like that. Will he shoot better than 0 for 9 next time? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good chance that he's going to make some threes next time around, but that does not necessarily equate to a, an easy Warriors victory. Yeah, and if he need, you know, he'll shoot better, we'll probably won't see Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the second combined for 29 points off the bench uh, next time around. So, you know, we'll, I assume, back at home, maybe the Celtics role players will play a little bit better. Uh, they, their bench was miserable uh, in game five. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I think it's, uh, yeah, anybody who, I mean, I, I get it, right? That's what we do in sports. We overreact to whatever the most recent thing is. And I, I just, I don't know. I struggle to understand the what anyone gets out of going into the doom and gloom. And this isn't any sports situation where it's just, you know, everything's terrible and it's over and, you know, they're awful and blah, 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 whatever it is. I mean, there's people today that are like, we need to look at, you know, is Jason Tatum really the guy? He's 24 and you're in the finals. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I fully prescribe to the fact of you got to make the most of your chances when you get there. Cause you know, these windows, I mean, they, Hey, we all thought the Oklahoma city thunder uh, when they went to that finals were probably going to run the West for a decade and they never made it back. Um, so you know, things happen. So you got to take advantage when you get there, but you, that doesn't mean you go crazy and start trading people. You know, when you, you're you know going into game six of a NBA finals, but, you know, it, I, I get it. It's, you know, sometimes I wish, you know, for my own well-being, I just would just avoid it, stay away. Like, there's there's no reason because those people, they don't want to be happy. They don't want to be convinced. No. They don't want to see a bright side or a silver lining. They just want to be miserable. So there's times when I'm like, you know what, you want to wallow in negativity, go ahead and wallow in it. I, I should just leave you be. Well, they say misery loves company. So that's, that's, that's what, what you're saying. That is what they say. Uh, last thing. I feel like fatigue is starting to, before we move into the news, I feel like fatigue is starting to become a bigger factor in this series. We're starting to see guys wear down a little bit. To yeah. me, like I was watching the game last night and I was thinking, 
this uh, on both sides, this doesn't look like the two best teams in the NBA right now. And I think a lot of it is just they're exhausted at, at this point, you know, and, and that's I think that's starting to become a bigger thing. Maybe two days off now between games will sort of give them a, a little bit of a boost heading into game six. But it looks like you've got a couple of teams that are that are running on fumes out there. Yeah, I, I think even the two days off, though, one of those days involves it's a, a cross-country flight, yeah. um, one of the longer flights in the league. So that's always a little hard to, to deal with, too. Um, but, yeah, I think fatigue, the physicality of this series on both ends. I mean, these guys are just, you know, it can be very hard, but tear your eyes away from the ball and watch the off-ball action on mm-hmm. both ends. Like, these guys are just, they're beating the crap out of each other. Nobody cuts through the lane clean in this series. You're getting bumped, you're getting banged, you're getting knocked. It's almost like lock, knocking a wide receiver off the route in football. You're you're banging them off their, their, their cut. Uh, and then the other thing I think, too, is they are two very good defensive teams, and I think that is wearing down. There's, there's just nothing easy offensively. Minus the Warriors off Celtics live ball turnovers and that that's pretty easy. But but beyond that, yeah, it, it's just you know these two teams are really getting after it, and that's been 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 been, been tough. I you know there's a lot of people saying stop making excuses for Jason Tatum at me on Twitter, but the reality is Jason Tatum since the bubble has basically not stopped. Right, the bubble happened and everyone went home for about three weeks and then went right back into another season almost. Um, then. Uh, that season ended and Tatum was one of the guys went right into the Olympics stuff. And I think people are thinking more, well, yeah, but they lost early, but the guys who lost early in the playoffs still reported early for the Olympic. Not everybody did the Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, um, Chris Middleton jumped on a plane from the finals and went to the Olympics. Most of the right. guys went uh, you know, right away. Um, and, and then, you know, and then this season, he also had a bout with long COVID where he talked about he needed an inhaler for months um, after having that. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, you look at this and it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy, I just think he's a little bit worn down. And, you know, it's not I'm not making an excuse, but fatigue is a factor it's a real thing like oh, you, know, sure. you know i don't, don't know why we can't you know make it a talking point I, he, has he played poorly yes he's played absolutely awful and he's the first one to say it he's been saving himself but that doesn't mean that he's not also tired like both things can be true and it can be a reason why he's played so poorly yeah no i agree 100 i think it absolutely has to be a factor at this stage like you said the playoffs you're going all out particularly with the way the celtics were defending steph curry last yeah. night you have to be like switched on the entire game. That's yeah. that's draining. That's draining to do, particularly if you're Jason Tatum and you're playing, what do you play, 40, over 40 44. minutes, 43, 44, something like that? 44, yeah, a little over 44. He didn't, he came out briefly in the first quarter uh, for about two minutes or so. And then he, um, played straight through the whole of the second hole of the third. And then did come out until both sides emptied their bench with about a minute or so to play mm-hmm. uh, in that game. And that's where you're kind of seeing Steve Kerr. He trusts his guys, no matter what this circumstances. Steph plays a full first quarter, full right. third quarter. Then he sits to start the second. He sits to start the fourth and Kerr sticks with that. And that's why, I mean, you're seeing Steph Gaz you know, the energy it needs to close the half and then close the game. So it's just, you know, right now the, the Celtics are searching a little bit and they, they don't really have great answers. But again, it's it's three two. It's not, you know, it's not over till somebody wins four. And it's also not it's not three one or three oh. Like it's three two. You would win one more and then it's 
you know, who knows what happens in a game seven. So, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I can't get there with the doom and gloom, you know, yeah. save that for, you know, maybe, maybe a Friday morning. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe then, and then everybody can tell me, see, I told you I was right. What <laughs> more you get out of that? I, I don't understand either, but you know, but that's uh that part, part of that, just that's how it is in Boston. We live in a hot take world, Keith, and everybody just wants either victory laps or I told you so. So that that's all they're, yeah. they're looking for at this point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Let's, let's get in. We got a lot of, a lot of, you know, off season rumory stuff. Let's do it. We Rumery, do. And, and let's, word? I don't know if that's a real word. Rumory. Yeah, rumory. Yeah, I think so. I, like I think it. it counts. It is now. Now it, it is now. We'll make it. Yeah. Um, let's start with Zach Levine, one of the bigger name free agents that's out there on the on the market. We've been saying all along that most likely he returns to the Bulls. There were some points where yeah, that was a speaking of told you so. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a victory lap for us. We were right. No, I mean, come on. Like this is this isn't even done yet, right? I mean, this is just a rumor sure. that's out there at this point. But just this isn't even like hey, we called our shot, right? This is just, you look at the market, where's he going to go? It didn't make a lot of sense. It made sense for him, for his agency to use whatever landing spots were out there as a leverage point for negotiations with the Bulls to say, hey, mess around. I've got other options. But realistically, if Zach Levine wants to win, staying with Chicago makes the most sense. And we we talked about this yesterday. The fifth year is a a point of contention for star level players they want that it's it's a source of pride right like hey i'm good enough i get this fifth year and now we're hearing that the fifth year has been in one of the things they've been negotiating on for exactly and this is all from jake fisher of uh, of bleacher report but it is sounding like zach levine will stay with the chicago bulls which again was the most likely scenario always it, that's always been the case well and for zach levine beyond the fifth year and the more money or let me rephrase that beyond the more money the fifth year is extremely important because this is a guy who had a major knee injury early in his career then mm-hmm. he's had a recurrence of, of knee problems uh, just this past season so we're in a position with zach levine where that means more to him than right we talked about rookie scale guys yesterday mm-hmm. guys coming off their rookie contracts that have been perfectly healthy why, why that you know, maybe doesn't mean as much to a guy like that, but to him, it does because you're kind of you're you're approaching thirty now. You're hitting the point where, yeah, let's lock in those extra years if I can. My guess is what the sticking point will be is the Bulls will probably gladly say, "Fine, give us five years. We're happy." And he'll probably yeah. say, "Well, let's do a four plus one." Yeah, and that's where you'll go back and forth. And my guess is ultimately that's what it'll be. It'll be a four year. Uh, plus one do so five-year deal with a player option on the final season so four plus one and now that's that's probably where it'll land he's an all-star level player we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, had he stayed healthy, might have made all NBA this year. It would have been close, I think, because I don't think the Bulls would have tumbled so far in the standings. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you don't want to, um, you know, you you can't fault the player at all with this. And then it becomes kind of interesting because the other piece of Bulls news is uh, doesn't sound like any ideas of Vooch for Gobert going anywhere because the Bulls don't want to meet the asking price to throw in other mm-hmm. guys. But the Bulls have made their draft pick and Kobe White readily available um, at the draft, which something's got to give in that backcourt because they've got they've just got too many guys uh, with the emergence of Io DeSumo, uh last year. And let's face it, White's going to be extension eligible if they don't want to pay him uh, going into to a, a year from now or even in an extension this offseason. You know, might as well cash in, move, and, you know, get something that maybe fills a need elsewhere. And Vucevic is tough because he's clearly starting to hit, I think, that regression point. And every once in a while we see with big men, it, when it goes, it, it goes and goes Fast. very, very quickly. Now, the Bulls have the 18th pick in the draft. So this is what, you know, heading into this draft, which we are, what, nine days away away from the draft at this point? This is amazing. But <laughs> it feels like, and maybe this is just me falling, you know, falling into the hype, but it feels like there's more draft picks that are available or up for trade this year than a normal year. Again, this might just me be me getting lost in the weeds. That's just my gut feeling right now is it seems like there's more teams willing to trade away picks right now than we typically see. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think you're you're on to something there. I think part of what what does that I'm trying to pull it up so I have it in front of me uh, to look at, but you've got teams with multiple picks. I mean, we we just saw OKC, right? They moved one of their picks uh to 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 kind of kick the can down the road a little bit while yep. eating a salary. Not not the worst idea for them. We broke that all down yesterday. You guys can go back and watch that show uh, for more details on that trade. But yeah, but then you've got these teams, if they don't have uh, multiple firsts, but then they might have you know some firsts and some high seconds and those kind of things. So I, I think there is something to that where we've got a lot of teams. And I think this all goes back to why I think, you know, one of the factors why this could be a very busy trade market really starting now all the way through through till you know things are kind of done in mid to late July is I think we've got I bet you've got 10 12 teams that are looking at it right now and saying why not us we're as good as yep. Boston we're as good as Golden State yeah you know, we, we just you know we get healthy make the right move we're, we're right there next year and I think because of that you're seeing teams that are saying ah, we don't need a rookie you know, I don't, we don't need somebody else to come in here and try to develop. Well, let's go try to get a win now player. I do wonder, just in terms of economics, though, if there's more teams that are of that mindset, that drives the value down for draft okay. picks because, mm-hmm. because supply and demand. So, well, unless you're Sam Presti. Well, sure. Yes. Unless you're Sam Presti. Good point. <laughs> but I wonder, you know, who's going to be the opportunistic team? that's going to find a way to take advantage of that specific market situation and grab some extra picks that maybe come at a little bit cheaper cost than they would normally. Yeah. I think what you have to do, I mean, I, 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 this is not rocket science here in, in saying this, but I, I think it is a failure of teams pretty regularly is you have to be very, very honest with yourself with where are we as a team? What are our yeah. goals for 
next year for the couple of years after that, you know, kind of in our three year time horizon. And it's for some teams, that's very, very easy. If you're Orlando, if you're Oklahoma City, if you're Houston, it's sure. you know, we're rebuilding, trying to try to get better, try to develop. If you're Detroit, it's probably all right, we've kind of done done a little bit on that end. Let's step forward. If you're, you know, Boston, Golden State, you know, any number of those teams that we're talking about, it's win a championship. I think so there's teams in the middle where I think what you could look at almost here and say is, you know, we're probably not a title contender, but we're not going to rebuild either. But yeah, if we could pick off a couple extra draft picks here, you know, for some guys who are it's not really going to hurt us to trade one of these guys out of our rotation. Why not? Like, like I think about like the New York Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. They were to say, we're going to trade Alec Burks. And I'm not saying Alec Burks is going to get you a first round pick, but if you could trade him and in, in something to get a, an extra first round pick, you might look at that and say, yeah, is that really going to materially change where we land in the standings? No, but the guy we draft may in a year right. or two. And, and that, that's you know, really important because obviously, right, Orlando, Houston, OKC, Detroit, those teams take extra picks if they can get them. Sure. Um, but it's but yeah, it's that middle group there where you might you might have an opportunity here to be be pretty aggressive and go get yourself something and, you know, kind of kind of move move on it a little bit. And, you know, then you you know, next thing you know is I think this finals run has really taught us you have to have if you don't have eight, nine guys, you're probably yeah. not going very far. You don't have depth in the playoffs. You're you're gonna struggle a little bit. And and we also know just with the way teams treat the regular season, you have 10, 11, 12 guys you can play in the regular season too, because you're you're gonna do plenty of resting and, and those kind of things throughout the year. So yeah, it's it, it's it, that that part of it all may makes it fun. But it's you got to read it right because otherwise, if you're like, ah, we're a title contender, it's like, yeah, you're more like a seventh or eighth seed. Now, you know, if you convince yourself of the wrong thing, you really put yourself in a tough spot. Well, but I think it's easier for fans, or well, okay, fans, fans are going to look at things through certain lenses, but for fans of other teams, I suppose that's the best way to look at it. So, objective fans, not a neutral fans, to look at a team and have a pretty honest assessment of where that team actually is whereas if you were in the thick of it not only does your vision sometimes get clouded by just being in the in the middle of it but you also have self-preservation that becomes a factor as well where if you're if you're a general manager of a team and you've got to sell to the owner of the franchise that hey we're not great right now and i'm going to go get a draft pick that might be good in four or five years that's a difficult thing compared to Hey, we really could do this. We're really close. Let's add a piece and, let, and let's go and see what we can do. It's the same thought process as trading when you're kicking off a rebuild and trading for picks that are five, six years down the line. Yeah. There's a fairly good chance if you don't nail that rebuild, you're not going to be the one making those picks. And mm-hmm. then you're then where you're at. So yeah, it's a it's 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 definitely you're you're kind of trying to serve multiple. Uh, you know, masters, if, if you can put it that way, of you know, where are we trying to you know, go with this? You know, well, whatever, what, what, what is you know, the end goal? And you're trying to do what's right by the franchise with hopes you'll still be there, but you do see it. That's why, uh, more than anything, the coach GM role doesn't work because, yeah, those guys are that's constantly at odds, right? The coach wants to win, the GM is got to prioritize the future to some extent. Um, with that so it does it does become uh you know one of those things where it's just it's hard to thread that needle and pull it off that's why we've seen so few people be able to do it 
that and their their two pretty massive jobs, even though they yeah. work in concert with each other, they're two yeah. huge jobs that don't always overlap in terms of skill set. It's like if your doctor is also your anesthesiologist, you <laughs> you know maybe a little you're a little bit worried going going in going into that. Um, all right, let's move on. And, and I hate stories like this, but uh, Montrose Harrell uh, arrested. Uh, yikes. Yikes, yikes. Especially, I mean, going into free agency and everything for, for Trez uh, was pulled over and uh, admitted to having marijuana on him. But then when his car was inspected, they found three pounds in vacuum sealed bags. So at first glance, the I saw the initial reaction on social media was, who cares? It's weed. Like, why, why is this even a thing anymore? And look, I, I, that's a whole other topic. But then when you read a little further and you get to the three pounds thing and vacuum seal bags, you're like, Trez, what are you doing? Like, what? Uh, this, so this is a mess. And this is going to be an issue for, for Montrose Harrell in, in free agency. I mean, obviously an issue for him outside of the NBA, just in, mm. in general day-to-day life. But, um, but this is going to be a problem for, for Trez for, and for you know, his NBA future and what that's going to look like from here. Yeah, by no means saying this is how it will go, but it sounds like from reading everything today, he's facing up to five years in federal prison because it's, I believe, less than five pounds. That's that's one of the penalties you can can face. And they get it, you know, with the people who say, you know, it's 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 only weed, and I, I don't I don't know what the numbers are, but it's got to be at least half the country now is you know legalized rec- recreational use of marijuana. I'm I'm thinking it's probably in that range, but. It's, it's kind of like with a lot of this stuff is if this state, if it's okay in this state and you cross state lines in a state where it isn't, then you're, you know, you're liable for the laws in the place you're going to. And that's, that's, that's a tricky spot. So, you know, it's, you know, this is one of those ones where we hope it all gets worked out and you know, absolutely comes down to whatever it is, but yeah, it's a story that, you know, we'll, we'll have to monitor because he is in a very poor free agent class. This is a guy who was a six man of the year candidate, you know, for a few years running just a couple years ago. He's had a couple kind of down years, but um, still a good player and going into free agency. This is not 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 a story you want to have leading because, you know, the first question that everybody's going to ask is, is he going to be available? You know, can't yep. we be able to play? You know, where are we going with this? So it's not something to keep an eye on here over the next uh, couple of weeks because you're hoping for his sake. This does get resolved in the next couple of weeks, so you can go into free agency uh, yeah. clean, ready to go. Yeah, and hopefully that is that is the outcome here, you know, for for Trez's sake. But um, like you said, there there he he might not be available for a while, depending on on how this goes. Yep. Um, let's get back into trade talk. The Hawks. Yeah. We we've talked about this about them being a team that is looking to make a lot of moves, and essentially what's out there is everybody is available with the exception of Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter. Other than that, the Hawks are open for business. They're ready to make deals. I'm almost – I was thinking Can about we... this. If, go if go I ahead. Was, I was, I was going to ask you a question, but go ahead. I'll ask okay, you. I was going to say, if, if I was an Atlanta Hawks fan, I would be a little bit nervous right now. Like, it's exciting when there's lots of trades going on and everything and trade talks, but I haven't heard any trade rumors yet, and, and this is early, but any trade rumors yet featuring the Hawks that have made me think, Yep, that's the guy. That's the guy they need to go get. This is going to take them to the next level. There's not. That's not. And, and the rumors so far have sounded like overpays on the part of the Hawks. Again, nothing done. Just rumor stage right now. But I'd be a little bit nervous. 
Yeah, this isn't one of those where it's the Miami Heat are interested in Kyle Lowry and couldn't make something happen at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And then it came back up, you know, leading into free agency. And it was like, all right, the Heat are getting Kyle Lowry. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Kyle Lowry's sure. really good. And, you know, here we go. Um, this is – it's all over the place. It's like the Hawks are going to trade for Rudy Gobert. They're going to trade with the Blazers. They're going to do this. Yep. They're going to do that. And it's like, wait, where is it – where are we going with this? Because, one, you're it's right. like we're a really good team for half a decade. And it's like, all right, we need to reset like Portland is doing, kind of like Washington maybe is doing. Um, and it's also not a situation where it's like, God, ah, you know, we've gone as far as we can go, tear it all down and start over. Um, you're not in that position either. And nor are you, all right, we're two players away from being a title contender. Like it just seems odd. Like the whole thing feels a little bit off uh, with, with me. What the question I was going to ask you, um, and then we can get into some of the other names and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we don't want to talk that. Would you have DeAndre Hunter off the, the 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 board? Would you be like, no, he's untouchable? I wonder if it's the contract situation, knowing that he has to get yeah. paid, if that's enough to just depress his value for other teams. But Maybe. but in a, I mean, that's that's my guess. But no, right? Yeah. I mean, I like mean, if you're. Like, why are you drawing the line at, at DeAndre Hunter, who's who's great, by the way? I mean, he's been like I'm nothing against him, but it's sure. just an interesting place to draw the line when you're clearly not drawing the line at, say, John Collins, who is also fantastic. You know, that's that is a bit odd to me. But then, like you said, the rumors are it's not just like like, OK, Portland, we know they're going to be a buyer. Portland's looking to add players with the Hawks. It's. Are they gonna? They're gonna try to add a player. No, wait. They're gonna try to trade for a pick. Like it's. It reminds me of the episode of The Office where the rumors start spreading. Michael Scott finds <laughs> out one rumor that's true, so then yes. he just starts saying a bunch of yeah. stuff, right? Just so that nobody would know what the true rumor was. Like, is that what the Hawks are doing? They are Michael Scotting the rest of the NBA right now. Maybe. No, what are they going to say that? Uh, did you hear the Hawks are dating a supermodel? That, I think that's one of the things Michael made up. I think I'm not just going around, but yeah, somebody's a, I, a J Crew model, and yeah, yeah. I and and, and I don't want to be rude because I like DeAndre Hunter as a player. I'd like him a lot better if he could stay healthy because it feels like every time he gets momentum, he gets injured. But I do like him as a player. I just it it just that just you know struck me as odd. Like, are young not being available? Fully understand. All-NBA guy is one of the best players in the league, one of the most marketable players in the league. Clearly, your franchise player. Totally makes sense why he wouldn't be available via trade. But the Hunter one just, I don't know, struck me a little odd there because yeah. that's like, you know, I mean, maybe you're making the big bet that, you know, he's going to become your Mikhail Bridges or something along those and lines. He might feel, feel really good that we got to keep him around, but I don't know. It just seemed weird. It would, I would hope that if that was the difference between landing a you know, truly great player, and I don't know who that would be, I would hope that would not be, well, nah, he's untouchable. We can't move him. You know, what, what do you think about uh, you know, Danilo Gallinari or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. else? Like I, I would hope that wouldn't be, be the case. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you had it queued up, but we were going to talk John Collins, right? Um, I, I don't have. I, I should. Okay. You know what? I can do it on the fly. Look at this guy. This is a production value. Oh, you yeah. know what? Yeah, here we go. Here it is. And there it is. Oh man, Hawks, look at Hawks this. Blazers deal for the seventh pick. I should have put John Collins' name in there, but that's right. 
this so, is this is weird. Yeah, this is odd because this is kind of what I think you were saying is like Hawks are looking for a pick. Um, Blazers looking to add talent, not odd at all, right? That that makes complete sure. sense. They're, everything points to they're going to do as quick a retool around Damian Lillard as you can. Seventh pick, I don't care how good the players that you're going to get. That's probably a two to three year process before that guy's really ready to contribute to a winner. Now that could be the best thing long term for Portland. I'm not going to argue that part of it. But if the goal is we want to get back to the playoffs with Dame in the next year, then the best thing is trade that pick and go get one now players. Now we're hearing the Hawks involved there and looking at it. My guess is that's probably John Collins. Mm -hmm. um, what bothers me from the Hawks side. What is the deal? If these rumors are true, that they're looking to move John Collins, why? John Collins is good. He is really, really good. I don't but this get isn't it. new. Like, this I mean, these, these rumors have persisted that they've been trying yeah. to move him for a while. Yeah, I don't it, it, it this literally baffles me. This is this is not a uh, the other 29 teams should be lining up to try to steal him. Because sure. I mean he is a 25 million dollar a year player. So you're not this is not yeah. a Hey, go swipe that guy who barely plays for you know. Like right now, one of one of my favorite you know examples of that is um is uh, or was for years was Jared Vanderbilt because I was like mm -hmm. every time this guy plays, there's something fun there and he does stuff. So it was always like somebody should try to get him in a deal, and then Minnesota ultimately did. Yeah, but I, I think you know, so you're not you're you're not going to steal John Collins like that. But like I, everybody should be making a phone call just to say hey, if you're really looking to move him. Like, like, let's have at least a conversation sure, and see, see where we're at. Because, I mean, he is like that. I mean, this is a guy who's a legit 2010 guy in the league. Like, if he gets enough touches. It's not. Oh, yeah. Those guys don't just fall out of trees. There are not a lot of 2010 players in the, in the NBA. And, and at 24 to be on yeah, the market, too. Young. That's, a, that's a 24 and, and available for trade? That and rarely happens. he showed last year when they made that run to the East Finals. He can defend like like he, he's not a he's never going to make an all defense team by any means, but he can defend. So th that's weird to me because it's not only this Blazers pick here that we're hearing, you know, maybe Collins mentioned, but it's been like he's being mentioned for other like late later lottery picks, which that just seems insane. You are I short of, you know, finding the next great, you know, uh, gem of a draftee. You're not getting a better player than John Collins in the late lottery. You're just mm -hmm. not. It's it's not it's not gonna happen. Yeah, if you could get to Orlando, uh OKC or Houston and go get Jabari Smith, Chad Holmgren, or Paulo Bancaro, all right, that would make a lot lot of sense to me. Then I could probably understand why you would do that. Those guys all look like they're gonna be really, really good. But I mean, it bat after those guys. I don't know that any one of those players is going to end up as good as John Collins. And John Collins, to your point, it's not 32 years old and like near the end of his career. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it confuses the heck out of me. It is very, very strange. And um, if I was, if I was the Blazers, if that is really the deal on the table, you I take it done, done, done deal. Uh, I'm yeah. making that trade in, in a second. Um, I do I'm wonder though. I'm sure I can build a winner around Lillard, uh, Anthony Simons, and John Collins. Where's the team that's going to put me in playoff contention? I wonder though, is it something like functionally, would it be like Eric Bledsoe 
you know, in Thank the deal you. for John Collins, and then you've got the the pick going as well. I, I do wonder what actually would be in order to make it if there's some other pieces that are involved in the tra- in a prospective trade. Obviously, this isn't a done deal or anything like that. No, but yeah, if there's yeah. other pieces that could, you know, yeah. swing the value. To, I'm not saying Eric Bledsoe swings the value, but I do wonder if there's some other pieces that aren't reported at this point that sure. are swinging the value a little bit. So it's not so because this, this looks pretty egregious right now if it's just straight up Collins for the seventh. So I'm to, wondering what else could be in there. Yeah, to be clear, too, it it could be Kevin Herter involved sure. in that trade. It could be Clint Capella involved in that trade. Um, uh, one of the th- this, this this specific one came out of a piece from uh, Chris Kirshner on the Athletic as he was talking about some of the things the Hawks are looking at in the draft. And one of the guys he thought maybe they would be moving up because it's around his range. It's for Dyson Daniels, who's um, mm-hmm. uh, played for the G League Ignite this year, and he's. Uh, somebody people kind of he's like part of that second tier after the top three players he's like in that second group group of players there um but jake fisher also mentioned on the hawks um moving away from the blazers part of this they could get involved on rudy gobert and one of the things he mentioned was uh which is a very you know well-reported rumor that boston was close to trading for clint capella with the rockets uh several years back Mm-hmm. Um, when Danny H ran the, the Celtics and that could be, you know, he maybe says, all right, I'm still would like to get Clint Capella. Cause you could get Capella. If you could get like, I was making it up, but Capella and Herder for bear. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta do that. If you're the jazz, right? I think that would make a lot of sense. If you're the Hawks, that probably doesn't make as much sense, but um, you know, it's something one of the, it's how I kind of evaluate these trade rumors is I look at it and I say, could I see a path where it makes sense? All right, if there's a path that makes sense, then it's something I'm going to keep my eye on. Mm-hmm. If it's turning into, you know, uh, you know, oh well, this guy really wants to be in this place, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. That guy makes you know, forty million dollars, and like, it's you're not going to get him there. There's no other way to make that happen. Then I kind of disregard it, you know, almost out of, you know, I just let it completely go. But in this case, yeah, I'll keep an eye on this one. Yeah. Definitely something to to keep an eye on. And uh, look, if it's, you know, I mean, the Fisher piece listed what Capella, Collins, Herder, number sixteen, some combination, not yeah, all four of those things. That's some combination. clear. Yeah, combination yeah. Yes. Uh, of yeah. those things could be on the move. So I, I think yeah, there's you could, if you can get Capella and Collins, Capella and uh, uh, Herder, Collins and Herder, they they could have to do it, but I—I I mean, if it's not clear off my little rant a minute or two ago, I'm pretty high on John Collins as a player. Sure. So, I uh, yeah, I, I would you know definitely uh, you know do that if I was the Jazz. All right, let's talk uh, Pacers, another team that could be making some moves here, looking at moving on from some of their veteran players, Malcolm Brogdon certainly on that list, and now we're hearing Miles Turner. You know, it was within the last week that we were hearing that that Turner was probably going to stay with the Pacers now that uh, Sabonis has been moved out, but that door hasn't been closed entirely to moving on, on from him. So Turner Brogdon, some names that are going to pop up on the market and the Pacers are going to look to see what they can add. Maybe add another first round pick, uh, maybe add some, some more young talent. They're going to look to try to rebuild this thing on the fly. So it'll be interesting to see what options are out there uh, for guys like Brogdon and Turner, certainly players who win available when healthy, uh, they can be impact players for a team. 
Yeah, Brogdon's a nice player too because you can kind of plug and play him in almost yep. any backcourt. He can either be, you know, a, a start on or off the ball at the one or the two. He'd also be kind of kind of like the role Derek White plays for the Celtics. And he comes in, and he's kind of your ideal third guard because he can play either guard spot for you. Um, I think that would be really you know interesting for a lot of teams. Um, his contract's a little higher than what it is, especially considering uh, he seems to always have some kind of injury, if not two or three different mm-hmm. injuries going on. But I do think it's um, you know kind of interesting, um, you know, to see where that goes. The Turner piece. So I'm going to guess what happened was. The other day, it was reported they're not going to trade Miles Turner. Then it probably came back around, and somebody was like, "Hey, we're not completely out on listening to Turner. Yeah, right? We're we're not uh, shutting everybody down here." So let's see. Um, a couple of the teams that were mentioned were, uh, I think, Toronto, New York, and Charlotte. I believe um, were three of the teams that were kind of mentioned as maybe landing spots for for Turner. Uh, Brogdon, new to new to the Knicks. Uh, potentially as well if the uh, Knicks um, mm-hmm. are in need of a point guard if they can't make land um, uh, Jalen Brunson. That's one of the thoughts that's out there with that one as well. So I'm going to guess there's about a 90% chance Malcolm Brogdon is traded uh, mm-hmm. this summer, which is that's very high. Normally, like if you ask me, like, hey, what is the chances of a trade? I'm going to say, you know, 50 or under um i just feel like it doesn't make sense for them to bring him back not at this point not with the guys they have what's going to be interesting is if anything happens before at the draft for extra draft picks that are then moved into higher draft picks that says to me they're putting the brakes maybe a little bit on this let's flip this rebuild super quick and let's just kind of step step up the stairs here rebuilding this thing right exactly and that might be the right course of action for a Pacers mm-hmm. team that isn't a major draw in free agency. Um, isn't it better to add as many picks as you can build organically? It's It requires patience and it's not easy and it's not something the Pacers have historically done, but it doesn't mean it's the wrong course of action. Um, just because it's not what they have done in the past doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's there's it's hard when you're that mid mid-market, small market whatever you want to call it teams it's you know you you it's hard to go through multi-year rebuilds you have to you know kind of if you're going to do that then you better be injecting a whole lot of excitement into that rebuild year over year over year uh because if it takes you three or four years to get back you you do run the risk of kind of falling out of the consciousness of you know everybody in general so just you know, no, no right or wrong way to build a team. Well, there's, let me rephrase. There's not one right way to build a team. There are wrong right. ways. <laughs> there is a wrong way to build a team. I can promise you that. <laughs> there's a lot of wrong ways to build teams, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, there, there's no one right way. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets who already made a trade yesterday. Now they're looking at trading away Monty Morris. Uh, I mean, maybe a bigger, bigger role next season for Bones Highland, things like that. But Morris also filled in pretty well for Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could see that as you're you're trading him while he's got, you know, some some solid value around the NBA. Um, this Nuggets team also, you know, they, they cleared some some salary space with that move uh, of Jermichael Green. So they're continuing to shuffle some things around, but they still see their core with Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, of course, Nikola Jokic, that core being one that can win a championship for them they've paid for this core they they are Mm -hmm. committed to them they're just going to look to move some of the pieces around the edges and see if they can find the right fit yeah i think rather than move a big salary to create that 
uh, tax flexibility and tax clearance. It's you already saw move the eight million for Jamichael Green, and to be clear, that trade's not complete yet. Uh, we'll see if that's completed before the draft or in that little window in between the draft and the uh, next year. That there could be a, a, a component to that of freeing up how far out the protections can go in the pick, where they may right. want to actually complete it in that window between about the week long window in between the draft and the next league year. Uh, but that'll come. Um, but you see in that you could clear another eight, nine million with Morris coming off the books. And and you're right. If you feel like, okay, we can hand it to Bones Highland and we're gonna get 65, 70 games out of Jamal Murray without worry, you're probably okay then to move on from Monty Morris. And he becomes a pretty good point guard target for those teams that, that need a point guard. He's he's mm-hmm. become one of the more uh high end uh backup point guards who's also shown he can be a pretty solid starter when you need him to. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. All right, last thing we've got today, overtime elite team is going to be in the basketball tournament, the basketball tournament. The you know? basketball tournament, TBT. So this is an opportunity to see some some prospects, perhaps before they make it to the NBA. Always exciting, and, and let's face it, we're going to be hitting a basketball drought pretty soon. So mm-hmm. um, this could be fun. Yeah, the basketball tournament's always fun because you kind of, hey, I remember that guy, and you you right. catch on you whether it be from college or you know, maybe had a cup of coffee in the NBA or you know he's been a big name overseas or something like that. And we do see every once in a while one of those guys pops back up and makes it to to the NBA or makes it uh, you know gets a big overseas contract or something. But overtime elite being in there, David, for those who aren't familiar, this is one of those. Uh, alternate pathway programs to, mm-hmm. you know, hey, come make some money and uh, play. There's also a school component for, for these guys. Um, and they, they go to overtime elite. Uh, we're going to see the first ever uh, player with them go uh, there via scholarship coming up. So he'll, he'll retain his NCAA eligibility and be able to go. So it's kind of a, you know, prep school-ish type of deal, but not exactly because it's not exactly that, but it's just another pathway. But this is a cool thing that they're going to be in this and we're going to get to see, uh, you know, a handful of these guys who maybe get drafted into the NBA. They're definitely going to have a kid out of this drafted this year. Gene Montero is uh, going to be drafted uh, this year in the draft um, you know, from uh, Overtime Elite. So, you know, they may, may have a couple other guys too. So so we'll see ultimately in the end. But, yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff uh, coming down the line, I think, um, with this. It makes it interesting when you can check these guys out. It's kind of fun to be able to check guys out. As you said, too, we'll be in a little bit of a basketball drought at that period. So, you know, it's, it's always fun to you know, pop in and, and see that as well. What is not coming is a basketball news drought. Oh, no, 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 no. We, it is going to be a torrential downpour between now and like the third week of July or so. And we do have Summer League mixed in there as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. And this, look, the topics today already, we've got trade rumors starting to fly and all that. And once, like the NBA, they tend to kind of maybe frown upon is the right phrase. Like they want things to stay relatively quiet during the finals so that most of the attention stays on the finals. Once the finals end, I I mean, the dam's going to Oh, then they want it all because, right, because they want to stay top of the news shows and everything else. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to be here. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. and It's going to be a lot of fun right here on the NBA front office show. So all the more reason, this is what I'm getting to, all the more reason to subscribe right here on YouTube 
Don't forget to turn on notifications. Or if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you are following us over on Apple Podcasts and then give us that five-star review, uh, a rating, and then leave us a review as well. It's a great way to help out the show. It takes like all of 20 seconds to do it. So we really appreciate people who will rate and review the show. And of course, don't forget to subscribe. And thanks to everybody who uh, sent nice comments on YouTube about uh -huh. the uh, new trade alert <laughs> that we had. Uh, you know, kudos to Trevor uh, for coming up with that one and putting that together. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Behind the scenes uh, here of NBA front office show, we probably spent way too long laughing and looking at different things we could do and thinking it was absolutely hilarious. And it was surprisingly hard to find a clip of Adam Silver just saying, "We have a trade." It was <laughs> it like was I'm like, impossible. this should be easy, but but no, yeah. it was it was very yeah, difficult to find that. Um, no, I think next we had a blast. <laughs> next up, I want to do a breaking news alert. Yeah, I think that's, we need that for, for the mid-show yeah. news that breaks. No. I think we need one of those. So I, I need to get to work on that. Maybe I'll do that a little bit later today. But um, good show. It was a lot of fun. Lots of stuff going on around the league right now. This is going to be an exciting period in the NBA here as we get towards the NBA offseason. We have the finals wrapping up. We have the draft. All kinds of stuff to dive into. So looking forward to what is to come here. Again, make sure you are subscribing. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.